Let me have your attention a moment. Because you're talking about what? You're talking about bitching about YouTube demonetization. Some son of a bitch in Silicon Valley screwing with your subscriber count. Somebody's screwing your notification system. Let's talk about something important. They all here? All but one. Well, I'm going anyway. Let's talk about something important. Put the coffee down. Coffee's for mug clubbers only. You think I'm f***ing with you? I am not f***ing with you. I'm here from downtown. I'm here from CRTV. And I'm here on a mission of mercy. Your name's not Gay Jared. Yeah? You call yourself a mug club salesman, you son of a bitch. I don't gotta listen to this shit. You certainly don't, pal, because the good news is you're fired. The bad news is you've got, you've all got just one week to regain your jobs at Louder with Crowder. Starting with tonight. Starting with tonight's sit. Oh. Have I got your attention now? Good! Because we're adding a little something to this month's sales contest. As you all know, first prize is a brand new decked out Sony FS7. Anyone want to see second prize? Second prize is a pair of Ranger panties. Third prize is you're fired. You starting to get the picture? Are you laughing now? You've got subscribers. Mug Club paid good money. Get their names to get them to join Mug Club. You can't tune in the subscribers you're given. You can't tune in shit. You are shit. Hit the bricks, pal, because you're getting banned. The notification system is weak. The notifications are weak? The notification system's weak. You're weak. I've been in this business 15 years. What's your name? Fuck you. That's my name. You know why, mister? Because you drove here in a shitty news van tonight, and I in an $80,000 BMW. That's my name. And your name is your wanting. You can't reach your own YouTube subscribers because YouTube's not even notifying people. Go home and tell your wife your troubles. There's only one thing that counts in this life, and that is to get them to sign on the club that is mugged. You hear me, you fucking faggots! A, B, M. A, A, always. B, B, M, mug clubbing. Always be mug clubbing. Always be mug clubbing. A, I, D, A. Attention, interest, decision, action. Attention! YouTube's not notifying you of Lotta with Crowder's new videos. Do I have your attention? Interest! Are you interested? I know you are. You even hit the notification bell. You close or you hit the bricks. Decision! Have you made your decision for Mug Club? And action. A-I-D-A. -A. Get out there! You've got the subscribers coming in. You think they came in to get out of the rain? Guy don't hit the notification bell unless he wants to see your videos. They're out there just waiting to give you their support. Are you going to take it? Are you man enough to take it? 
Incredible. What's the problem, pal? You fucking kraut! You're such a hero, you're so rich, Vivi. How come you're coming down here? Waste your time with such a bunch of bumps. See that mug? See that mug? Yeah. That mug is hand etched. This year I signed Phil Robertson, Gavin McGinnis, and Roman Millennial. How many did you recruit? You see, pal, that's who I am. And you're an intern. Nice guy? I don't give a shit. Good computer? Fuck you! Go home and play with your floppy disk. You wanna work here? Close! You think this is abuse? You think this is abuse, you c sucker? You can't handle this? How the hell will you handle the abuse you get out there in the YouTube comment section? You don't like it? Leave. I can go out there tonight. The materials you got and get 15,000 new Mug Club members tonight in two hours. Can you? Can you? Go and do likewise. A-I-D-A. -A. Yes, YouTube is with your subscribers. Yes, half your subscribers hitting the notification bell aren't even receiving them and people should be joining Mug Club and bookmarking your page. Get mad, you sons of bitches. Get mad. Do you know what it takes to grow Mug Club? It takes hand-etched, hand-painted balls to grow Mug Club. Go and do likewise, gents. Mud clubs for closers. about how much snap is coming your way today. Ooh. Ooh. Like Nake Jared throwing that jab in no. Courtney's face when no. they do their kickboxing match. Now bite I'm the trying ear. Trying to get it going on. Bite Why? the ear. We got incredible guests today. Mm -hmm. We have uh, we have Elon Musk, Boom. we have what? Ryan Bader, Boom. we have Blair White, we have Ben Boom. Shapiro. And uh, we have Owen Benjamin. Owen Benjamin with, a, I believe, later on with a little ditty. Little ditty. Uh, so big show. A lot of news to get to. A lot of news to get to with North Korea that's yeah. been happening. And, of course, Iran. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about it that much this week because we wanted to see it play out. Uh, spoiler alert. Not very well. Uh, producing with me in video studio, as always, is Jared, who is not gay. Follow him on Twitter, not gay. Jared, meet us. Cry with the comments, your thoughts, your photoshops. We got a great photoshop recently with a portrait of me with Hopper and the, the Kramer thing. I guess it's not a not a not a photoshop so much as a painting. painting. Uh, send them. We love them. We're gonna get that up in the studio. I fulfill my legal obligations. Drawing conclusions. Are we good? Good. I appreciate that. G Morgan Jr. at G Morgan Jr. SimplifiedWine.com. He drinks a lot. I do. <laughs> Usually he'd be considered a wino, but you slap a title on him, sommelier, and all of a sudden he has more taste buds. What's the wine oh, of the day? Perfect. Chateau Saint-Michel Ethos. Chateau Saint-Michel Ethos. So you say Michelle, so it sounds like a girl's name. Yeah. There you go. Hey, Sven, with the overlays. Are you ready? At Sven. Ah, see, I almost did it. I almost did it because I was giving you hope. See, I was giving you hope. What the world just happened? I was giving you hope. I'm ready, beep, beep. And yeah. as a sign of peace, in the Iranian sense, uh, I want to... Ah! That was pretty good. That's pretty good. Close one.
You you can go Don't watch those Germans. You can go straight to where Angela Merkel dwells. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, is this Walther shirt day? And I didn't get the memo. Like, no, I don't know. By the way, Walther, don't say that you didn't get more than you paid for. <laughs> I do love their firearms. Question of the day before we move on: uh, Why should the U.S. in relation to, to North Korea and Iran? Why should the USA? Give a rat's ass as to what other countries think about us, our responsibilities, our military, what we need to give to NATO. Haven't we reached the point, regardless of whether you like President Trump or not, have we reached the point where we say, you know what, Germany? You know what, France? You know what? Insert any country that's not the United States here, especially Canada. You've lost your say. <laughs> Comment. I'd love to see what you... I, I genuinely... Like, I must have ago. asked this question before. Of no, course. Never. No. I've never asked it. Never never thank you for saving the entire world. Well, we have to move on to more important news before we get to that. Roman Polanski apparently uh, came out and he dismissed the hashtag MeToo movement as mass hysteria from NBC News. <laughs> in an interview with the Polish Newsweek, the director said that the MeToo reckoning is an example of, quote, collective hysteria that occasionally grips society, leading people to react mostly out of fear. <laughs> Yes, responded to throngs of underage girls he sodomized on Quaaludes. <laughs> Quaaludes. Roman Polanski, was Bill Cosby not available? <laughs> you couldn't get Woody Allen on the payroll? Quaaludes. Millennial, millennial rape victims are so spoiled. Yes. <laughs> so spoiled. Somebody who should just Polanski. keep their head down. Are Gosh. you kidding me? Of all people, hashtag shut up. It's like, listen, you managed to, just sh you managed to avoid arrest. Shut up, take the W, and go away. Exactly. Okay. It could get a lot worse. If for people you. report this like it's real news, like and no, no, next, yeah. Dylan Roof speaks out on gun control now. Yes, exactly, exactly. I'll be, I'll stay tuned. Hey, uh, a woman on Huffington Post. Uh, by this, I don't know any other way. To, I, it's hard for me to explain this in a way. Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, that provides context. I'm going to do my best. So at HuffPo, this lady is now saying that theme parks fat shame guests when they don't let them enjoy. All the rides. So this is a direct quote. It says, well, <laughs> safety is often the given reason that fat people are excluded. It's clear that companies are actually just keeping the general public safe from our fatness. I refuse to take on the additional guilt of not having gotten into Harry Potter until I was 35. Okay, first off, those listening <laughs> terrestrially, I want you to think of the words that I just spoke in the order I spoke them to form that sentence. Kill yourself. <laughs> Because it's worse than Stephen King's The Mist. You don't want to be here for the rest of this. That's low. <laughs> low bar. And the fact that you wanted to get on the Harry Potter world. And so this, this girl was right. This, this was the person who was banned, I guess, from Harry Potter world for being yeah. so fat. I've been on those rides, by the way. Yeah. They're not very girthy. No. Yeah. Okay. No. I can. Uh, and I was next times. to a girthy person there, so I'm surprised if this per if this person couldn't fit, then it must have been really bad. Yeah. But then a person at Huffington Post was writing about it, chiming in like like Velociraptors communicating over their fatness, <laughs> and she wrote, "I'll admit that despite the annoying J.K. Rowling versus Native people scandal that I doubt you've heard anything about, but I followed because I'm native." So this is the author <laughs> at Huffington Post. <laughs> Right, worse. right to the fat Native American victim card. Someone oh, gets no. the bitch needs a smallpox tarp. Okay, <laughs> I am so. I mean, I just I cannot. I, I'm reading people at Huffington Post who I can't stand. Yeah. Write about people who I can't stand for you because you can't be bothered. <laughs> because you don't want to read Huffington Post, and I don't blame you. And if, if you think if you think that's like somewhere deep in the article, no, she led. She <laughs> that was the lead. That was the lead. <laughs> Oh my Which is funny. You don't, you don't even really think of indigenous people as, as fat, generally. But um, this writer, HuffPo, she claims to be a part of the, uh, I want to make sure I get this right for fear of HuffPo writers, claims to be a part of the Minicapache tribe, which actually from its native tongue translates to one who requires the north wall to her apartment be broken down when she has a stroke. <laughs> oh a peaceful a journey into the afterlife, young coronary. <laughs> May you be kept safe till you see the great red chief.
Ronald Weasley. How? How? How fat are you that you couldn't make it <laughs> to the venture through Hogwarts? <laughs> you disgusting man. didn't have enough food how? to get all that fed. Come on. You live in a privileged age. Another story. People aren't going to like this. A flaming rabbit uh, has now been blamed officially for sparking a Saskatchewan wildfire. This comes from my <laughs> homeland. <laughs> So for those who don't know, a planned fire was carried out by a fire department uh, at Beardy's in Okamisi's Creek Nation. Unfortunately, after a controlled burn was conducted and thought to be extinguished, a rabbit on fire <laughs> lit another adjacent section of bush. They should have never let that little prick volunteer as tribute. <laughs> it's in the name. What did you accept? What did you expect, Saskatchewan? You know, do you know how pissed Smoky the Bear is? Yes. I trusted you. <laughs> you were one of us. You were in the commercials. I trusted you. I made you famous. You're like a brother to me. <laughs> All the fun is flame throwing rabbits. <laughs> hey, uh, a Texas school is now making headlines. This is this, and we're gonna get to Iran and North Korea. Trust me. But uh, it's 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 been a long week. Uh, they're making headlines. For their tradition of birthday spankings. Mm. Yeah. This comes from a CBS local uh, station in Texas. It's been a tradition for eight years at Alvord Elementary School for Principal Bridget Williams to give students, quote, birthday spankings. Until recently when parents complained, calling it inappropriate. Kind of. Um, <laughs> many parents defended Principal Williams with parents saying, uh, parents like Heather Redder saying they're not used to a small town community and that's what we are. People that move here from the big city, they don't realize, they're not used to this because a lot of people have been moving from the big right. city into Texas for the economy. So it's true, and it's changed the culture. The practice has since been exchanged with birthday, quote, light choking and putting your hand in its mouth. <laughs> so that's, it's almost like you're exchanging one for something worse. You know, Woody Allen's is like, can I go back and major in that? Yes. Is that, is that, a, is that a program? And Roman is Polanski a, is saying, stop your bitching. <laughs> Need a guest lecturer because uh, I'm an expert in the field. I don't think they have guest lecturers at grade schools. Listen. They do have guest spankers, though, apparently. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Would you like to spank our children? I mean, <laughs> listen, I, th I think we're pansified. Anyone I read this going like, oh, geez. Birthday spankings? Wow. Wow. I thought it was a guy that was doing uh, it. All right. Someone, someone, someone searched that principal's office because I guarantee you there's a poster on the wall like Shawshank. We're going to carve yeah. out a hole and find a sex dungeon in there. In other news... Principal Dufresne, New York mayoral candidate oh, nice. Cynthia Nixon, came out and said that pot could be a form of reparations in black neighborhoods. Yeah, that's good. So Nixon on Saturday told Forbes, we, we have to make sure that communities that have been harmed and devastated by, because sometimes people say you're afraid to do the black lady voice because of political correctness. I just don't think of it. Nope. So you're welcome. Have been devastated <laughs> by marijuana arrests. Get the first shot at this industry. It's a form of reparations. <laughs> And Reverend Al Sharpton, I kid you not, came out and tweeted, quote, let's, br let's bring this, you have it, send computer, let's bring this up. I'm for legalizing marijuana and I like Cynthia Nixon, but putting pot shops in our communities is not reparations. What the black community needs most at this moment are teleprompters. <laughs> to build a movement of resistance, but resist we much. We must, and we will <laughs> much funny. about that be committed. <laughs> He's, it's like, and boom goes the dynamite. He's worse than uh, I am. Uh, <laughs> note to Cynthia Nixon, when Al Sharpton calls you out for race baiting, you're too high. It's, yeah. it's too high. You bet. You bet. Puff, <laughs> puff, pass. <laughs> Put the pot away. Oh, it's so God, genius. You got awesome. to respect the game. 
They yeah. respect the yeah. game. Yeah. So, so what well, we were campaign managers. We're red man. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get weed, man. Reparations. Be voted in every time. Can I get some of that reparations? Uh, speaking of the chronic, Dr. Dre just lost a trademark battle with a gynecologist called Dr. D R A I Dr. Dre. That's a yeah. <laughs> this comes from the BBC. The case was first law. 2015 is when the case first came up. When gynecologist Dreon M. Birch tried to trademark the name Dr. Dre, the other Dr. Dre, <laughs> this sounds confusing, objected, saying the similarity could cause, quote, confusion, especially as his near namesake. You wanted to sell audio books and seminars under the moniker. Hey, okay, listen. Let's About what? <laughs> Dr. Dre, you're not a real doctor, and you're also not a real Dre. <laughs> That's very true. Dr. Dre should now be known as illegally unlicensed charlatan Andre. <laughs> also, it turns out Snoop Dogg is not even a real dog, but surprisingly is a proctologist. Oh. Yeah. That's, That's what we call a twist. That does not look fun. <laughs> It's a, River. He likes to snoop them dogs. Yes. <laughs> Get on up in there. Do some time in prison there, Doc? I'm up, you B-U-double-T. So vape pens, apparently now, too, are exploding in people's faces. This is a, this is a pandemic. Awesome. Uh, exhibit A, story from this week, this guy. This is Idaho car salesman Andrew Hall, formerly an enthusiastic vapor. But Andrew has vowed <laughs> to quit smoking for good after his vape pen blew up in his face. Uh, the explosion happened over the it. weekend when Andrew was enjoying a few I don't know what electronic kind of smoke news while getting like ready for work. Things. Andrew wrote on Facebook that he was vaping in his bathroom when yeah. his vape <laughs> exploded. That's good work, Posted prep. from the hospital ICU ward. He Facebooked and then posted from the ICU. <laughs> it was thought to be a faulty battery, though a new scientific investigation. Actually, this is commonly, it's been happening a lot throughout the country. Really? It reveals that it's actually a chemical combustion that occurs when nicotine reacts with too much douche. <laughs> You drew me in there, punk. <laughs> what did, did you take? Did you? S yeah, go ahead. What does it take to start a national conversation about vape culture? I don't know. Did <laughs> you see plaguing. the explosion, by the way? For people who are listening, audio, or people who go go look at the picture. There's like the drywall is gone. There's soot <laughs> all over the wall. What was he vaping? An Acme firecracker <laughs> with the Roadrunner in the bathtub with a plunger? Beam, beam. Ah! Oh! <laughs> I'm gonna Instagram this. It's so bad. The explosion. Beam, beam. Anvil. Lost. His teeth were everywhere. I kind of hate vapors anyway. And, and, and when he was asked, too, what's the crazy thing? When he was asked if he was concerned about his teeth as much as the, the damage to the wall or what bothered him most, he said, I know he wasn't so much concerned about his teeth, quote, uh, as much as my flat build semi-sideways baseball cap, which I wear indoors because I never had a dad. <laughs> Though he was no stranger to actually losing teeth due to, quote, people always punching me in the face for my flat build semi-sideways baseball cap. <laughs> that I wear indoors because I never had a dad. <laughs> it always goes back to daddy. This is why fathers matter. Uh, yes, oh, this is why. I feel bad for this guy, but I, I don't, no, I don't, I don't like vapors. They, they feel like they can do it anywhere. I had a person do it in a wine tasting. I don't really care. If they'd rather, if they'd, if they'd rather vape explosively, they'd better do it and decrease the surplus <laughs> vaping population. I say don't change a thing. Hey, spe product. speaking of things that people are going to get mad about, Elon Musk, I know you guys all, he's your darling. Yeah. Uh, he, he's better known for Tesla, some would say in SpaceX, is now starting a candy company. <laughs> he tweeted out that he's starting a candy company and it's going to be amazing. When people thought it was a joke, he later went on to say, quote, super serious. So, um, I, I, you know, this is a topic that's been capturing the public's attention and uh, we wanted to talk with him about it. I believe we have Elon Musk here. Do we have a Mr. Musk, thank you for being with us, sir. Thanks for having me, Stephen. Absolutely, so Elon, the first question this begs, candy industry, why? To why would you? The candy industry is one of the few that has been stagnant for decades. 
As a matter of fact, in our lifetimes, the candy industry has remained almost completely unchanged, even mirrored by the agriculture and industrial revolutions, let alone digital. Uh -huh. I'm having a little trouble with your accent. I Which is what I plan to disrupt with my new confection, Stephen. You know, you keep saying that. I'm not entirely sure what that... Wait, what are you, what are you doing? You know, I knew Thornapart Pop Rock. Delicious and renewable. Yeah, I'm not... I don't think that's exactly going to catch on, uh, Mr. Elon. I, I don't think that's going to be a wild... Which will also be complemented by our new wind turbine fields entirely of gummy... See, I don't think that your target demographic, namely six-year-olds, are, are going to be overly concerned with, with that, with renewable energy. I, I, or these I, ring pops. Yeah. Which can launch you into space. That sounds expensive. Stephen, it will need to be, uh, of course, subsidized. Ah, well, of course. Mr. Uh, Mr. Musk, um, what do you say to critics? Is that this is just a move to distract from the fact that you may be removed as a chairman at, at, at Tesla soon. Stephen, that this could be Stephen, a little bit of smoke. People who change the world will always have critics. To them, I simply say... Come with me, this and is, you'll be this is incredibly in a world of pure imagination. Take a look and help me with I, all your subsidization. Okay, Elon, yeah, you know, I think that's enough with, uh, with this thing. I have a flair for showmanship, but I truly yes. do think we'd have more common ground on this than you would expect. Okay, all right, I'm, I'm willing to listen. How's uh, If you want me to make paradise, Simply open up your wallets. Anything you want to, I'll do it. Okay. Want me to change the world? Just a few billion. Yeah, that's pretty much what I expected. That's enough. Elon Musk, see, everybody. See, I don't, yeah, I don't, uh, no, I don't need to think about it. Look, get, look, cut him off, cut him off. I don't think we need to have Elon Musk on the program. Try to hang him sooner. I don't know. Sorry. It's, I mean, it's, it's a big name, though. Big have you noticed, by the way, I don't ever see you, Sven, and Elon in the same room. Hmm. hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't like it. Hey, Sven, update us. So now we're going to get to the, the, the topic of the day, which I know everyone here has strong opinions on. Of yes. course. Of course. Um, North Korea, Iran, this all went down this week. And then, of course, Angela Merkel entered the fray today. <laughs> of course, Germany. So it's this amalgamation of foreign policy clustered F, the likes of which we haven't seen. Sven, update us here. What's, been, what's happened here this last week with North Korea and Iran? Because I know you've got the overlay. Yeah, well, this last week, what basically happened is uh, that, that we, that the United States, I shouldn't say we, because I, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> Part of the problem, sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the, we'll allow it. Uh, that that uh, Mike Pompeo got the hostages back yeah. uh, from North Korea. And uh, as well... President Kim Trump pulled out of the yeah. Iran deal. Yeah. Exactly. We pulled out of that deal. And there's a meeting with Kim Jong-un uh, in Singapore wow. June, June 12th. So it was going really well until President Trump said that he treated those three really well. And you're like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. You uh, had like the epic win and you had to kind of ruin it a little bit. But you've got, Okay, you've got to separate the fact... Yeah, exactly. Take the W and walk, okay, yes. President Trump? You've got to separate the fact you that he play. says some dumb things versus our position in the globe right now. And I hear yeah. this all the time, people saying like, oh, the United States is more respected internationally. I don't really know if that's the case. No. And we certainly weren't respected in the sense of being feared or respected by people like Kim Jong-un. Sorry, they're saying we're respected less internationally. They were saying we were respected more internationally with Barack mm -hmm. Obama. Yeah. I want to make sure I get that no, right. No, no, no. It, the tweets yeah. will come And in. it was absolutely the opposite. Just being rolled by the rest of the world doesn't mean that you're being respected by them, right? You need somebody right. in the office who can wield the power a little well, bit. Well, I think they attributed they purely the fact that he went on an what, apology years tour? long apology yeah. tour? Oh, much longer. All than the that. nations? Yeah, much longer. Than it, was that. A, it was an eight year apology yeah. tour. <laughs> well, he was saying that we want to be like those guys. We don't want to be like those guys. We're better. Sorry. And then they did a bowing encore. Yeah, exactly. So, for example, North Korea, Obama tried for years to come up with a way to stop their nuclear program. He failed. Yeah. Right. Then he basically handed $1.7 billion to Iran for no apparent reason. Uh, the Israeli spies finding out that they continued, surprise, their nuclear program. So, yeah. Donald Trump pulled out of the, nucle the, the, nucle the Iran nuclear deal. Okay. Yeah. 
uh, which of course all the, the left, they were praising it. They thought that this was a way to, to try and avoid some kind of a conflict. So when the news broke that President Donald Trump, why well, you can confirm this is authentic, right, Sven Computer? Yes, this, this is from Memory TV. This is an so authentic okay. clip. I want to make sure if Sven <laughs> Computer says it, it's, you know it's true. So when we found out, Iran, that Donald Trump pulled out of the deal, this is how they reacted. Burning an American flag here, just so you know. People listening. Death to America. Death to America. And they're about to get burned, Burning which always happens. I love that part. <laughs> First off, yeah. I couldn't put a character like that in one of our sketches for fear of being protested due to negative stereotypes. <laughs> Secondly, that is absolutely a fire hazard at bare minimum. Thirdly, that deal was the gateway to peace. God, there weren't any rabbits lying around. Yes. <laughs> That really lit the away. country on That fire. was the quote. The gateway to peace. Gateway to no. peace. The yeah. gateway to peace, this deal. Listen, this is that's how you know they're the Eddie Haskells of the world. Peace. They had no intention of ever honoring the deal. They had no intention of ever respecting. They never had respect for the United States or the deal. They were lying to you, taking what they could get. It's not like someone all of a sudden, right, has a flash of genius moment. Like, oh, you know what? I want to work with the New Orleans. It seems like America <laughs> isn't the burn the flag! Burn the flag! It doesn't happen overnight. You were always a dick. Look, yeah. not, to, not to throw Sven computer under the bus again, but we made a similar kind of deal prior to World War II with another German. That's you know, true. Fascist. And that stings. Didn't work. Sorry, Sven <laughs> slash Musk. Now, Trump is, President Trump is being blasted, of course, for being crazy and reckless, blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe you need, a little, maybe you need to be a little bit crazy. Maybe you need to be crazier than the other guy in some of these countries. Yeah. Now, President Trump may not be a, let's, let's even give the argument to people who say, may not be a, a great man, may not be a good guy personally. But how in the hell, I've heard people calling him a bully now. How in the hell can you paint a guy? Yeah. As a bully who's pushing around the dictators who starve and torture their citizens and perform forceful abortions. <laughs> Call him at the very least an anti-hero. <laughs> kind of world you we live lose. In. Deadpool was great. Yes. Let's see the version with Trump. You lose the moral high ground when you commit forceful abortions and starve your own people and convince yeah. them that you can control their mind and when you throw gays off rooftops and when you have death for apostasy. You don't get to call somebody else a bully. And this is something that's very new, by the way. For people, they look back and they see, they see, uh, 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 I just forgot his name, Gary Oldman's performance. Winston Churchill, yeah. first off, was not elected. A big reason, he was a prick. I know there are other geopolitical reasons. Everyone is. But yeah. people forget that. Yeah. But do you think Winston, do you think Churchill was a bully? To Hitler, you think he was great santining, throwing a little eight off the basketball? Yeah. Stop, I'm, no, I'm not crying. <laughs> I promise I'll clean my father, why you come home, you, you can't stop the drinking. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> just clean it, doesn't matter if you're, it doesn't matter if you're more effective, you cannot be the bully. And this is the problem, the left just hates success. The yeah. left hates success. They assume the underdog has the moral high ground. Whether it's Palestine, whether it's, oh, look at that voice crack, <laughs> Palestine! <laughs> Charlie in the box. <laughs> call, your, call yourself Jack, dumbass. Uh, let's we'll talk in another show about the squirt gun and only shot jelly. I, I can solve that problem for you. Um, Merkel just came out to give you proof. Just yeah. complained that that Germany can't be under the United States umbrella anymore. She said, it is, no long, it is no longer such that the United States simply protects us, but Europe must take its destiny in its own hands. That's the task of the future. This, <laughs> first off, German leader telling Europe what it should do. I understand that it could throw up some red flags. <laughs> Just go with it. But she's making her point like there's a for us. When people talk yeah. about President Donald Trump as a bully, and we're talking about the United States, guess what? There is no Germany-Iran deal. There is no Ireland-Iran deal. We are the only country that people are talking about when they're talking about the Iran deal. Why? Because we keep the free world safe and we keep the rest of the world in check. 
We only care what Donald Trump has to say about North Korea. No one yeah. gives a rat's ass what Angela Merkel has nope. to say about North Korea. So you know what? I'm tired of caring what anyone else thinks about how we handle Kim Jong-un. The only person who could possibly be intimidated by Kim Jong-un would maybe Justin Trudeau. If you were to take <laughs> the average, just the national average male, line up 100, none of them would be intimidated by Kim Jong-un. Oh. Trudeau is a miracle. <laughs> But this is, we, we keep the free, when you, you want to know, countries have been defying the 2% NATO minimum for years. They've been ignoring it. The U.S. picks up the slack. They pay the bill for national defense. We've been paying for all these countries. And, they, and this is what bothers me. When you're looking at the Iran deal in North Korea, three hostages gone. Look at Iran burning the American flag. And then next week, when we forget about this, Germany's going to talk about how they provide free health care, refugee asylum, and free college. <laughs> oh, yeah? What's your navy? It's a tugboat with an Uzi replica? We're hoping for a Boston Whaler. We're hoping for a Boston Whaler. Thank you. You're welcome, Germany. And by the way, what, 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 you were making this point in the pitch meeting. Yes, beep, beep. So, But what you have to understand is that what we are to you is France to us, beep, beep. That's, that's yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Or it's France just, to uh, anyone, not anyone. Greece yeah. to anyone. That's Greece true. Anyone. Yeah. Just, yes. about, just about anyone these days. <laughs> and, yeah. That's, yeah. What, that's what would happen. You know, you would be France globally or like Greece, only you'd, you know, with, with national defense. As you are economically to France, Germany, yeah. Yeah. think of that national security. That's you to us. Yeah. It's, it's the same situation, yeah. Beep, beep. yeah. Hey, look, I'm, I'm getting a little tired of providing peace for the rest of the world and then being vilified for it. Exactly. Right? And then paying for it as well. How many and countries is it Troops now? as well. What's what? Japan? We, don't we provide like all the defense for Japan? We provide all the defense for for, for basically Canada. everybody. I mean, there was a study Sven was talking yeah. about that they, was it Russia could take over a significant swath. Yeah, I think it was a 2016 study that was conducted by NATO, and beep, beep, it came out that they would need 60 hours to take the Balticum. So, <laughs> <laughs> giant swath. That's like a, a, an extended weekend. <laughs> 60 hours. By the way, would take significantly less time for the United States to take Canada. Yeah. 80 percent of their population was 100 miles of the U.S. border. They have 10 percent of the oh, population gosh. that the United States has. You know, we would nice. just walk up to that border and say. I mean, do you do you really I mean, want to do this? No, no, just no. come on in. Come on, just yeah. Come on. <laughs> do you have Trudeau? You know where the fridge is at? <laughs> America's an imperial. Really? I, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with a little imperialism now. Yeah. How about how about either we be an imperialist nation, or no, or no, just have nothing to do. We don't protect yeah. any other countries at that point. By the way, people say, well, isn't that a bit reductive? What's wrong? We had this with Naomi Wolf. Yeah. What's wrong with being reductive when we're dealing with people, when we're dealing with countries who, without nuclear weapons, commit gross violations of human rights, killing Christians, Jews? Where's the middle ground? What's wrong with being reductive saying they shouldn't be allowed to have nukes and we won't do con I'm not okay with these countries having non-safety scissors. <laughs> Much less any red buttons. No, Israel <laughs> shot down Iran's missiles. No casualties, everyone gets mad at them. It's proof the left just absolutely despises success yep. because they, 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 they truly believe that if you are an underdog, you automatically have the moral high ground. How in the world could you be upset otherwise? We're not, we're not bombing Iran. We're just not doing business with them. <laughs> well, that would be just evil. Think, that would be like evil. That would be like getting mad that you showed up for a Tupperware party. You find out that the lady is a Nazi who just gassed a bunch of Jews and threw some gays off a rooftop and said, "You know what? I'm not buying a three-piece set." And everyone going, "You're a dick." <laughs> we're just not gonna do business. So Tupperware building. parties are you going to? We're, we're just gonna put them in the corner. I am so tired of this. I mean, it, it, it is constant. It's constant. Iran was a moderate uh, Muslim country in the 70s. And remember, we had, we had Turkey. We had Egypt. Yeah, that worked out like a yeah. term. Then it was Morocco. Until all of a sudden, their Olympians refused to shake hands with the Jews right, at the Olympics. And then we had uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, record church burnings. Bye. We're not, we're not bombing them. 
We're just saying we're not going to do business with you. Think about Israel. We talk about this with Israel. The left gets so furious at Israel when you, you talk about how it really effectively has the current map that it has today. People show you, look at all the land they gained. Syria, Egypt, Jordan said, let's wipe off Jews from the face yeah, of the map. Exactly. I am absolutely amazed. To me, okay, you don't need to be an imperialist nation, right? Just going out, taking over stuff because of 2018. But certainly in a defensive war, People want to wipe you out and you win? You take their stuff and you move on down the trail. <laughs> North Korea, you should be grateful that we aren't simply calling you the 51st state. <laughs> Iran, what are you going to do? What are you going to do if we decide that we don't want you anymore? You know what? I'm okay with it. I'm at that point where if I read tomorrow, like, oh, the United States just dro dropped an, a mushroom cloud over Iran. But you know what? That's fine. 70% of them. Big old parking lot. 70% of them are okay with death for apostasy. He's like, yeah, but what about the 30%? They shouldn't have let it get to 70. <laughs> they shouldn't have let it get to 70. You let it get to Take a majority or even a plurality. Guess what? You don't get to sit at the adults' table. You have to go sit at the kids' table. Doesn't mean we're going to kill all of you, but we're certainly not going to do commerce with you or treat you as equals or try and appease you for peace. You burn in the, uh, the flag, um, I, I can't, I, burning the American flag, anti-freedom, anti-anything that isn't your sick, twisted, demented, Muslim way of life, pieces of sh**. There's a leak. We'll have Ben Shapiro after this. Sunshine or rain. When duty calls, they'll be swaddling my balls. Back in the panties again. Right in the panties once more. Some call me a queer comfort whore. Where the quality's pure light and the price is just right. Back in the panties again. Ranger panties available at lotterwithcrowdershop.com. Get yours today. It's like teabagging an angel. And now listen to this. I'm just doing this because I know it'll anger him more right before coming to the break. <laughs> I don't want to be here. I hate you. So uh, angry Ben is always a fun Ben. Glad to have our first guest. You know him, of course, host of the Ben Shapiro Show on the Daily Wire, now nationally syndicated. You can follow him at Ben Shapiro. So we can take it out on you and not just me. Ben, why are you such, why are you such an angry Jew today? God dang it, who booked this? <laughs> why am I even here? Oh, God, not Crowder. This stays long enough. Uh, what's what's geez, so Louise. rough with your day? You look like you've done a lot of Percocet. Like there's a glass in your eye. Yeah, it's just it, it's been a long day, man. It's been a long day. I can't even talk about some of this stuff on the air. I mean, I killed a guy. Yeah. So that was probably the thing I probably shouldn't have said on the air. Yeah, for yeah. a smart guy, yeah. you let that one slip pretty quickly. You're getting yeah, a that was, loose. Yeah. Your fiddle won't keep uh, you know, polish. This is why my lawyer says I shouldn't talk to the cops. But yes, exactly. And now that it's already out there. Case, like, case. like President Trump, I will go talk to Robert Mueller just as much as I please. Well, okay. Thank let, you very much. Let's. So, is it is it just personal stuff, or is it stuff that's going on in the news that has you so pissed off? Oh no, the, the, the news the news is fine. I mean, honestly, like the news the news is better than fine. I, I like President Trump is doing excellent things on the foreign policy front, which is which is great. He has 
He has this interesting view of the world, President Trump, where everybody is a winner or a loser. Yeah. And that doesn't work well in economics because there can be mutual winners when you and I are trading products and services. Mm -hmm. But it does work really well on foreign policy, it turns out, because it turns out that if Iran loses, everybody wins. Yes. Uh, and so that's been so that's been really good. Like, I just got done saying that right before this. That was, what's wrong with being, I said, people will often say, well, that's reductive. What's wrong with being reductive with a nation that commits gross violations of human rights when they don't have a nuclear arsenal? Yeah, there is no ones. middle ground. Again, this is the part that's hilarious to me. Is everybody's like, well, you know, that Iran nuclear deal was preventing them from getting a nuclear weapon. And those moderates, they, they were really being emboldened by the nuclear deal. It's like, well, you know what? If they want to be moderate, you know what they could do? They could just give up their nuclear weapons like, without a deal. <laughs> yes, exactly. They could just stop funding terrorism. In fact, I did, a, I did an entire piece on this yesterday at, at my website, Daily Wire, where, where we talked Horrible specifically <laughs> about the, I'm sorry about that, but you know, just because we're wildly more successful than, than anything else out this there. Is a, this it, is but, absolutely true. There's no doubt about it because you employ but, slave labor. It's amazing what you can do with children at computers in Bangladesh. Continue. <laughs> well, I mean, you're wondering why I had a bad day. Our contract just got tossed in the garbage. Oh, but in any case, the, but, but one of the one of the things I was saying is that there are only a couple of nations in human history that have had nuclear weapons or were developing nuclear weapons and gave them up. One was in 1993, South Africa gave up their nukes. Yep. Uh, and the other was in 2003, Gaddafi gave up his incipient nuclear program. Both of them did so as a show of good faith to the world. It wasn't that we came along and said, here's a bunch of money. Now will you give up their nukes? because that would be stupid. Then they would just say, well, I'll keep the money and develop my nukes. Right. Instead, it was a bunch of regimes attempting to moderate themselves first, and then as a symptom of that moderation, they were saying, here's our nukes. So trying to say that Iran was going to moderate because we gave them a bunch of cash is stupid. If they wanted to moderate and have a bunch of cash, they could do so without any agreement at all. Right. Well, it's, it's you know, a comparison would be a, a plea, plea bargain, if you're talking about South Africa, if you're talking about Gaddafi, versus sort of uh, Kramer versus Kramer, Dustin Hoffman with the kid in the ice cream tub, just saying, don't you do it. Don't you do it. That's the big difference. There is a big difference. One occurred before and one occurred after. And here's the thing, like I just talked about, we're not nuking them. We're not bombing them. We're just not going to do business with them. We're just going to isolate them. I mean, even liberal parents just make their kid have a timeout or put them in the corner. We're not even spanking them. And let's be real about this. It is providing Israel the option to spank them, which I think is a True. good option. It's, pro it's providing this newfound alliance of Israel, Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Jordan, UAE, the capacity to actually fight back against Iranian aggression. Because what the Iran deal really did mostly was it said to any of those nations, if you do anything against Iran, you're in breach of this agreement. You've destroyed world peace. By Trump saying, listen, this agreement's no longer here, then it becomes very clear who are the violators of the of the peace in the Middle East. And that was obvious for anybody who had half a brain anyway, since Iran has taken over Syria, they've now taken over Lebanon, they've taken over most of Iraq, they've taken over uh, they've taken over Yemen, uh, they've, they've taken over the Gaza Strip too, I mean, for the, the amount of funding they're giving to Hamas. Right. Like, what exactly, like, why was this controversial in the first place? I will say, to Obama's credit, it was Barack Obama who created the alliance of Saudi Arabia, Egypt, Jordan, Israel, and the UAE. He did so completely unintentionally, just like every other good thing he did unintentionally. But this was mostly Obama's doing, because by kissing Iran's ass, he put everybody else in a position where they had to suddenly ally with each other in order to face down Iran. Yeah, but you know that's very temporary. And if we look back and something happens, no one's going to blame the alliance that you just mentioned. They're just going to blame the Jews. Yep. That's, I mean, that, that, that's what happens historically. Uh, uh, I mean, that's just the way it goes. Yeah. You're wondering why I'm having a bad day. Every day is a blame the Jew day. That's yes. just the way it goes around Exactly. Here. We were just so. talking about that. When you're talking about, you're talking about, uh, obviously, the... Uh, the Listen, Israel 
gave up land in defensive war. This is where people talk about it. They're like, oh, you're pay I'm, not, I'm not paid by the Jews. I would take the money and I would talk about big Jew money. But when you talk about Syria, Jordan, Egypt, and they said, we're going to wipe them off for being Jews. I'm amazed that you didn't just take all their stuff. But my point is, in the realm of history, they'll look back and, listen, let's be honest. Do we really think that Saudi Arabia and Israel are going to be allies for a long time? No. I think Jews could be left holding the bag long term, which is always what worries me with these temporary alliances. They never last with Islamic countries. I mean, I think that's true, but I also think that this is the best position Israel has been in in its entire history, insofar as there are now a bunch of states that are suddenly saying, you're our allies, you're not our enemies. I mean, the Saudi Arabian leader, Mohammed bin Sultan, literally said to the Palestinian leadership, take the deal that's on the table or sit down and shut up. And that's an amazing, amazing thing. Yeah. And it also demonstrates, by the way, how a lot of these countries were using the Palestinians as pawns for so long. Because yeah. they obviously don't care about enough, they don't care about the stuff enough to actually abide by their previous principles. It was always a ruse. It was always, we're gonna use this as a club against the Jews. Well, now it turns out we need to use the Jews as a club against the Iranians. So that goes immediately by the wayside. Well, that's my point. Pragmatically, they're in the best place that they've been in a while. But doesn't it make you a little bit leery uh, just to trust someone with the name Muhammad? <laughs> uh, well, n no, not necessarily, no. Uh, is there, he's is not there, being honest. This is, a, this is because he's angry. Hey, I, I, no? I, yes, absolutely. How, how, how many <laughs> Jewish Israelis are named Muhammad? Probably not many. That's a weird question. I'm sure not a lot of Jewish Israelis named Jesus either. This is true. No, I'm just saying. I mean, I'm just saying they're in a good place right now. I'm just. I'm always yeah, worried because uh, that, no, that's very temperamental. Listen, but but for the for the Jews, now is good. Yes. Okay. If we think now, if we could have just taken now, like throughout human history. That would have been fine. Yes. Because it turns out that now was usually us getting killed. So yes. as long as we're not being killed and there are a bunch of like temporary alliances, turns out better than no alliances at all. Exactly. Friends, better than people attempting to kill you. So I'll take it, you know. Fine it's not me. exactly next stop Latkistans across the Middle East, but you know, you'll take it. You take the W at this point. That's today's lesson. Take the W when you, can, when you can take it. Um, You know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned this, good versus bad and kind of on the world stage. That being said, on economics, let's kind of get rid of the tariffs and stuff, which we agree on. Um, the, the tax cut, though, is remarkably popular. So when you combine that with this, with foreign policy, and Iran just did us a favor by burning the American flag in their in their government there after the deal was ripped up. It's like, oh, okay, maybe you were Eddie Haskelling it, and you never. This wasn't exactly the the portal to peace. Um, do you think this spells potentially re-election for Donald Trump? Tax cuts popular well, I mean, the, foreign the, policy. If if it were just policy then the answer would be clearly yes, right? I mean, 57% right. of Americans now say that the country is moving in the right direction. It's almost impossible to see a situation where somebody does not win re-election under those circumstances. The economy continues to boom. Uh, the tax cuts are very popular. The, the regulatory cuts are having a solid impact on businesses. He's seeing success in his North Korean negotiations so far. He's seeing his success in, in, in creating this, this Saudi-Egyptian-Israeli-Jordanian alliance. All of this stuff is really, really good. Okay, and so on policy, it's very hard to argue with the results that President Trump's administration has been getting. The real question is going to be, every election is between two people, and unfortunately, Donald Trump still is the guy, right? And so the, the question is gonna be, when it comes to 2020, and you see a lot of Donald Trump being Donald Trump, are people inured to it, which could actually help him, or are people going to be you know, shocked all anew when it turns out that there's somebody on the other side who is not the worst candidate in American history. Like, I, I, I think that there's a solid chance Democrats will pick somebody garbagey for 2020 because there are just so many that candidates. That's going to be my follow-up question. From. Who do you think is the likely picker if you're narrow it down to a field of three to five? Uh, if, if you were to say three to five, I would probably say Kamala Harris for the intersectionality of it God. all. Uh, Joe, Joe Biden for the, for the um, you know, Obama and the and the stasis and back to normalcy kind yeah. of campaign, uh, and maybe Elizabeth Warren from the Bernie wing, unless yeah. Bernie runs again, uh, right. which which is good. I mean, at this point, there are no upper age limits to presidency of the United States. I mean, the the, yes. the, the skeletons 
from from Holy Grail are actually filings for, for Super PAC approval yes, at this point. Yes, yes. I love how Matt Damon is no longer bitching about the actuary tables no. if uh, Bernie Sanders is going to run again. All of a sudden, it's all quiet on the Damon front. Uh, okay, well, we, do, we, we, have, we have an unbelievable show. Of course, we just had Elon Musk. We have Ryan Bayer. We have Blair White. We have Owen Benjamin. Let me ask you this. You just mentioned North Korea. Um, that's also a big plus this week. It, like I said, big stress. A little disappointed when President Trump afterwards said, hey, he was great to these three people. It's like, oh, just just take take the ball and leave. But... <laughs> It is, it is a victory. Listen, I mean, it seems like right yeah, now. Yeah, no question. Yeah. I mean, then, then there's no question that's a victory. Uh, it, is, it, it is to the point where Trump says that sort of stuff where, like, our capacity for outrage is now gone because, like, okay, so Trump said something real dumb. Shocker. Like, yeah. wow. He said they were treated real nice by North Korea. Like, that's because he says that kind of stuff. I'm sure that everything is magnificent. Everything is the best. Everything is really nice. Okay, we get it. Like, but here's the bottom line. Those three guys are standing on the tarmac with right. Trump. And Trump made that happen, and Obama did not make that happen. So that, that, is a, that is a point in Trump's favor. Now, the real question is going to be what happens in June, right? So there, there are a couple of possibilities with what, what's going to happen in June. You know, is this going to be a situation where Trump kind of bends over backward because he feels like he's been given some goodies by the North Koreans? Or is this a situation where they're looking to come to the table not because they love President Trump or are scared by President Trump, but because their nuclear mountain just imploded in North Korea? But right. the fact is that they, they, they had a testing site, and that site completely degraded. It completely fell apart, and immediately they started talking with the South Koreans. So it's quite possible that <laughs> Trump could have just become, like, the luckiest president ever. Right. right? That suddenly their nuclear program just universal, un, unilaterally combusted. It just randomly exploded. And Trump's like, wow, look what I did. Yes. And that, that's fine with me. I mean, sure, good. He's like a Chauncey Gardner who just walked into the right place at the right time, and North Korea's Dom DeLuise just running through as the set from Blazing Saddles comes down like, oh, damn. Yeah, we'll talk now. Um, which is why it's so remarkable to me that Justin Trudeau got okay, stared down by this guy. That just, You could take a sample size of, of, of any country. I'll, you know what? I'll even throw, uh, I'll even throw uh, Saudi Arabia into the mix. And you would not find a man intimidated by, by, by Kim Jong-un. Justin Trudeau is a marvel because he, for some well, reason, played ball. That, that dude is intimidated by, like, a table, like a butter knife. I mean, like, yes. really, Justin Trudeau has, has about as much intimidation factor as, like, Lena Dunham clothed. Like, me, there's just not, there, there's not a lot of intimidation factor there. Let me ask you this, because I know you're not a big fan of Trump personality-wise, but you're on, you have to be on a deserted island, okay? President Donald Trump or Prime Minister Justin Trudeau? On a desert island? Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, that's the, so. You thought you were the, having the, a rough the, day. The, 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 yeah. The, the reason I, the only reason I would say Trudeau is because you could take all of his stuff and leave him to die. Make him your coconut <laughs> bitch. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like if it's just the two of us and it's up to survival. Like I feel like Trump's Trump's big, but he's I think a scrappy fighter. So yeah. And he's he's got about a hundred pounds on me and a lot of a lot of interior rage. So yes. You know I I, I I doubt I doubt my own capacity against President Trump stuck on a desert island. Do not get between that man and what he wants. Justin Trudeau, however, as you just say, was stared down by Kim Jong Un. So yeah. Uh, I, I feel I have a slightly better shot with with uh, with like I could appeal to his feminine side or some such. Yes, exactly. Or you could challenge him to a pull up contest and then when he loses, uh, just force him to be your indentured servant. I know, you see, he's, he's ripped. I mean, he's one of these guys. He's, no, he's, he's skinny he's, fat. He, is, he has the body of a pregnant woman without the bump. It is, it is absolutely well, a shame. I forgot I, was talking to, I forgot I was talking to Mr. Atlas over here, Stephen Crowder. Yes, Charles so. Atlas. That's because, that's because someone kicked sand in my face, and then I did the isometrics that I bought in the back of a comic book. But you're a, you're a pull-up <laughs> machine, a CrossFit pull-up machine, right? Didn't you say you could do something like That's exactly 30, right. 40? And I don't bench, just CrossFit. Yeah, that's, yeah. 30, 40 <laughs> yeah, pull-ups? I, 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 yeah, I can knock out about 40 pull-ups in a row.
kip-ups, but that's still impressive. That's still very How impressive. Dare How, How dare you? How dare you, sir? <laughs> <laughs> it's a different dynamic, but listen, it is it is uh, absolutely very impressive. And uh, I just always throw it out there because a lot of people don't know that about you. All right, people can, of course, watch The Ben Shapiro Show at The Daily Wire. It won't show through your suit, Ben. For a smart guy, that's why I'm doing bad it. choices. Um, <laughs> what, what, now, what, it's how unverifiable, many my friend. Why do you think you think I hadn't thought that through? Yes. <laughs> how, many, uh, how, many, how many markets are you syndicated to now the, the, uh, on radio? So, yeah, so the, the podcast is now syndicated to, I believe, uh, 40 plus markets, and we are in uh, five or six of the top 10. So, that's, that's really exciting. Absolutely. It's, and it's fantastic. And he's part of the Westwood One uh, podcast network, which, you know, our free show on Thursdays, we're with them now, too. Uh, so, yep. see some new sponsors yep. pretty soon. Uh, Mr. Ben Shapiro at Ben Shapiro, thanks so much for being here. I'm sorry you were having a bad day. Hopefully, we made it a little bit worse. Oh, you made, you made me feel so much better, Stephen. Who booked this thing? Yes, Blair White after this. Oh, it's about that time on the show where Human Boy should do the library for my club. But it's too late, yeah, but he's just gonna exploit old Hopper. A lot of withcrowded.com says my club is only $99 for people or 69 for students, veterans, or active military. And I bet if they knew that it's used to fix my leg and buy me all the cheeses. Now, they wouldn't have any problem joining, but some pe- maybe some people know and they don't care. I'm so tired of people who don't care and don't join it. Now, they will flash my club. I'm so tired. What's going on? Oh, shit. Thank you, Mr. Shapiro. Always glad to have our next guest. I don't know that we've spoken since, since uh, 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 well, you can follow follow on the Twitter at Miss Blair White, M.S. Blair White. She doesn't have M.S. Miss M. Miss Blair White. <laughs> yes. I know sometimes people get that wrong. Uh, and of course, Miss Blair White on the Instagram. Have, have, Blair, have you been on the show since we last, since I, we were last on Rogan kind of talking about you and my mom and all that? I don't think so. I think the last time I saw you was the Christmas special. And then we were going to do something else for the Oscars, but my scheduling was messed up. But it's been a minute, yeah. Yes, this is true. Yes, we were talking about how, how my mother was not super familiar with the with the transgender community. And um, with the language barrier, she was incredibly confused. <laughs> <laughs> really? She's a sweetheart, but she she was miscommunications abound. Uh, and uh, I would have never known. She was so nice. <laughs> she's a, she is an absolute sweetheart. Now, Blair, um, we don't have a, a ton of time because Got this. We got we got Elon Musk and we got Ryan Bader and we got we have such a big show today. But I do know this. I was actually uh, just following this recently and it was what brought you to mind. So DragCon is a thing, uh, and it's like it's it, it's a, it's sort of like Comic Con for I don't know if the term drag queen is derogatory, but I know you're not going to care so much because they've all threatened to kill you if you attend. <laughs> am I am I mistaken? Yeah. So it's RuPaul's DragCon. It's here in LA, and it's kind of like a big. LGBT convention based on the show RuPaul's Drag Race and kind of everyone in LA goes. Yeah. And um, they invited me to go and wanted to give me like a talent pass, VIP to do the red carpet and all that stuff. And people have absolutely like lost their minds. I've gotten so many threats of violence, of worse than violence. Uh, <laughs> it's it's just insane. From well, c- because RuPaul got in trouble. Remember for using the word tranny. Um, this is RuPaul. Yeah, RuPaul is <laughs> attacked all the time too because RuPaul isn't. Most drag queens actually aren't very politically correct because, sure. you know, they're messes. They're in costume, right? So, yeah. <laughs> exactly what yes, I wonder why you might not curry their favor. Um, so, what's this? Are you still? You're still going? 
oh, hell yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I have uh, friends flying in town that are coming with me. I'm going to have security and stuff. Uh, I really don't care. I feel like it's kind of, it comes with the territory of what I do at this point to get threats like that. Yeah. And I tend to stand on principle. I'm just going to go. I really don't care. Let me ask you this, because we've talked about this before. There, you know, there's, there's uh, uh, for people who don't know, there's obviously transvestites, drag queens, and there's transsexuals, and then there's transgender. And, and some people like yourself, transgenders, have gone through multiple procedures. And some people are basically just drag queens who call themselves transgender. So it's, how do we, at drag con, is this mostly just men who dress up like women, or has it become a hotbed for the transgender community as well? Honey, every hot mess tranny in LA goes to it as well. <laughs> it's it's just like a big LGBT thing. It's it's based around drag queens, which are just performers, but everyone on the spectrum goes to this thing. So yeah. it'll be interesting. It's not really my genre. People aren't going to be super friendly to me there. But are most drag queens uh, like are they are they gay? Are they interested? What is what is the what is the deal? What's the way to uh, yeah, they're usually just gay men. There are some. I went to a show one time and there was a female drag queen, just a biological woman, just dressed up, kind of extra. Some extra some extra red tape and some hair dye. I mean, what do you do? Yes. Everything's so arbitrary, you know. I feel like none of it makes sense anymore. And, um, no, like, you know, damn. the biological female drag queens, though, are usually messes. Like, they're really untalented. Just, I don't really like them. <laughs> okay, this begs the question. I don't mean to be uh, an ass here. What would, what would be considered talent, like, for a drag queen? Like, are we talking, like, dra <laughs> like fire-breathing drag queens? Are they doing, are they doing magic tricks? I mean, the only drag queen I ever there saw. There are some crazy, there are really some crazy ones. I've seen some be on, like, still coming out, like, 10 feet tall. There's probably fire-breathing ones. I don't know. Usually the talent is limited, but there's those small occasions where it's like, oh, they're doing something. The, the best question, <laughs> which came first? The, the stilt walking? They're like, how can I take this to the next level? Let's I throw don't some know. Kids on it, or was it like... I don't know. It's a, it's a very... Yeah. But I feel like this has brought people like you and myself closer together because I was confused. And then at one point, like, transgenders were like, well, you shouldn't be so confused. And I was like, well, hold on a second. No, 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 look at the rule book. I'm a little more confused. And now I have more people going, I'm confused too. Um, because I, I, I don't... I don't. You know, listen, it always begs some questions. The only drag queen I ever met, you remember this, mm -hmm. was that a, my wife had the bright idea at a Valentine's Day to go to a, a burlesque show. And there was one very large, like Samoan drag queen. And, oh, you uh, told me this. And he just walked out and beelined for me like a laser beam. <laughs> and of I was course. looking. I was like, no, just move, just move along down the trail. Now this guy had no talent. This guy just put on some tassels and walked over and was like the Buffalo Bill from Silence of the Lambs. And he was doing this right by my table. And I was like, listen, you're gonna do some stand up. You're gonna do some improv. You get the guy. Did and not like the chicks there. He would have had to get pretty darn close to even get some contact. Yes. But he got Actually, the big he true. got the biggest cheers. Some of the some of the chicks there had would had to get pretty close too. Yeah. Not a lot of It was a it room. was a shallow talent pool, was. Blair. This is the main point. Very much. I like when they're at least a little funny, you know. No, this guy didn't sing. I think he just lit, he mouthed words to a song and that was it and got all these cheers. I'm like, "Well, you're cheering for nothing." <laughs> He's done nothing. Uh, you've also gotten death threats from from vegans and vegetarians, which I have as well because I had Lier Keith on. Because you're no longer a vegan, so you're getting it from all sides, Blair. Getting it from every end, very much that. <laughs> yeah. So I made a video about how I stopped being vegan. I was vegan for about ten years, um, and I feel like I feel like being vegan is probably like good for like a two week cleanse cycle. But once you hit that like decade mark, I think things start declining, and. Um, 
my health took a definite dip. I was deficient in so many things. And I said, okay, screw it. I'm done doing this. At that point, it was just habit anyways. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to change my diet. Made a video about it. And I feel like I was very polite. Yeah. Usually I'm not, but I was in that. You're not always. I that was very nice. And there was just dozens and dozens and dozens of response videos of people just losing their minds over it. Okay. So uh, what's, what, what, what are you, what's your status now with the vegans? You, are you, well, who are you more afraid of? Is it like a, is it an angry drag queen <laughs> slash vegan chain gang? Is it an alliance? At, at this point, let's see. Every group that hates me, uh, vegans, drag queens, trans people, Black Lives Matter, Islam. Um, <laughs> that one has to be quiet because they could hear. You know, I just did a debate for the New York Post <laughs> with a Muslim girl and I was a little shook. Yeah. Um, that'll be out soon. Uh, yeah. Honestly, as far as I'm concerned, all the right groups hate me. Yes. The Muslims you got to look out for, but I mean, the, the vegans, they don't have the energy to carry out anything. No, they don't. They so, don't have the, they don't have the vocal endurance. Yes. Yeah. They can type, but they can't chase you. Right. Exactly. Well, you know, it, it, that's actually a good, you would probably be much more on top of your health because you see doctors regularly, obviously with your, you know, when you're doing hormones, anything like that. Any men who are doing aging men who go through the hormone replacement therapy, these are people who would be more on top of this than people who just release some YouTube videos. And what bothers me, listen, people can be healthy and be vegan. Vegans, but there is a lot of bad health advice coming from the vegan community, yes. and it's dogmatic. Um, and uh, and yeah, we had Lear Keith on, who was a former vegan. Remember on the show, we got yeah. so many death threats. I felt bad for Lear, who was a liberal oh. on the show, because but sh she became more conservative because of all the death threats she got from the angry vegans. So that'll do it. I mean, <laughs> it is crazy how everyone suddenly becomes a doctor, a nutritionist, when in reality, the reason I stopped being vegan was because I went to a doctor. Right. You know, everyone thinks they're an expert on it, and it really is like a religion. Yeah. Well, I stopped doing green smoothies because I went to a doctor. My, uh, you know, my thyroid got really because if you do a lot of raw greens, particularly if you have a thyroid issue, the oxalates and the greens, it's actually really rough on your thyroid. So my doctor just said he's like, listen, and he's super. And I also go to a place that's just preventative care, where these doctors, you know, they do a scan every year to check you for cancer, check your overall health. It's I, I highly recommend everybody do that to some degree. And they just said, listen. The truth is, cook your vegetables. Like the the perfect thing would be to have your meat, whatever your 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 complex carbohydrate is, in a limited amount. And if you could steam your vegetables, like that's great. But raw vegetables, we know some people don't react to them well. That's all, and the problem was fixed. My blood work got better. Final question: Boy Scout issue. I've been following that this week. What do you think about uh, girls and the Boy Scouts? Oh my God! It was uh, so they what they did was they changed the name of the Boy Scout to what was it? Scouts BSA or something? Yeah. Was that yes, it? Yes. Yeah. BS something. Yeah, I mean, I'm of the opinion, there have been many, many studies to corroborate it, that young boys and girls do quite well developmentally when they are, you know, involved in activities with just their gender. So right. it's really not something that I'm for. Did the Girl Scouts change their names too? Or is no, there the Girl, Girl Scouts, Scouts aren't happy about it. The Girl Scouts aren't happy about it. And let me ask you this, because I think transgenders are allowed in the, either, either the Boy Scouts the boys, uh, or the Girl Scouts or both. Um, as a transgender person, but you obviously have strong opinions on transitioning children. What's your opinion on Girl Scouts there being like, well, listen, we want a girl-only space, period. It seems to me like that's a reasonable request because boys are gross. It is, it is reasonable, it's, and boys are gross. Uh, it's such a, a conundrum because obviously one of the things I've been very outspoken about is that I'm against children transitioning. Yeah. The fact that I'm against it doesn't change the fact that they're there, and so it does it makes you sad that young kids can't participate in stuff. But at the same time, I think when you're at that young age, I think it is better just to stick with the biological sex. And like, if you've been transitioning since you were like six, I disagree with that so heavily. By the time you're 13, 
if you want to join some kind of thing, maybe well, yeah. never developed puberty of your biological sex, but well, that doesn't happen young, just... even if you're not transgender. If you're in the Boy Scouts, when you're 13, it's it halts puberty. It's effectively an alternative to puberty blockers. <laughs> <laughs> when you're close, right. to, when you're only a couple years away from the draft age, listen, whittling in the woods with a gimp bracelet—that's not quite cutting it. Uh, okay, it is M. S. Blair White, Miss Blair White. Want to make sure people get that uh, right. Also on Instagram, uh, Blair. I am going to be watching for videos from, of course, youtube.com slash X. Sorry, I forgot that one, with DragCon. Keep us updated. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for having me. Bye, guys. Okay, we'll have Ryan Bader after this. Ooh, fighting. of power, speed, and a package of elegance. You know what? I, I swear, that gorilla reminds me of my old college roommate. It's, it's uncanny. Damn it, Jasper. Just do the lines. No, 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 no. Really, it'd be great if we could do a, a, like a side-by-side -side and just bring in... Don't say it. Don't say what? The name of your roommate. Just, uh, just drop it. Move on. Come on. No, no. It's, it's nothing bad. He was a great roommate, and he was built like a brick outhouse. It's just the resemblance here is striking between this gorilla and... Don't. Now, don't what? Don't, don't say the name. Jasper? My roommate, Tyrone. Stay tuned for more Wild and Lost on the Nature Network. Narrated by Jasper Prost. All right, just want to show that I have some moves so the next guy doesn't kick my ass. <laughs> I always get a little bit nervous when we have guests who don't, who, you know, obviously we have a lot of MMA fighters in the show, but they're friends of the show. It's true. And, uh, leaning more politically, you never know if they're comfortable, but he has a Black Rifle Coffee shirt, so I don't think he's going to be that offended at the kind of content on this no. show. Oh. I have followed him for a while. You can follow him on the Instagram and the Twitter, at Ryan Bader. Mr. Bader, thank you for being here, sir. Oh, thanks for having me. I am super glad like, to have you. Look at this. Now, are you are you st are you just standing there to make your arm look bigger than uh, is that? Yeah, just kind of get a little gun show over here. Yes, exactly. Well, for people who don't know, you are fighting Saturday the twelfth in San Jose yep. uh, against King Mo. There's a Bellator tournament. People who follow the show should know for the heavyweight champion of Bellator. There's Fedor. We've had Matt Mitriona. Yep. We've had Chael on, and uh, and and you're fighting King Mo. How, how do you Self feel being in this tournament? You yeah. fought at light heavyweight for a long time. I did. Uh, Self-proclaimed king. You know, I'm fighting Muhammad the Wall. Um, you know, it, I'm a light heavyweight champ. I defended it. Um, so I felt like I, 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 I did feel like I needed to uh, defend that belt before moving into the heavyweight division. Yeah. Um, so I did that. And I was told, you know, hey, you can keep your light heavyweight belt. But would you be interested in doing a heavyweight tournament, Grand Prix style tournament without knowing any of the guys? Well, if it was one night, if it was over time. You know, and we said, yes, let's do it. You know, I wanted to fight heavyweight. I want to, um, you know, try to get be a two-division champion. That, yeah. That's not done a lot in, in uh, mixed martial arts. And so, for me, it was a no-brainer. It's, it's done even less at the higher weight classes. You know, a difference between 155 yeah. and 170, you know, is very, very different from 205 to 265. But, yeah, any any night, and didn't even know the person, I would have been like, <laughs> I have a bronchial infection. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. Can we do modified rules? Um, <laughs> This, I mean, what are you, what are you walking around at uh, now, Ryan? 
I'm about 230 right now. And so I don't have to cut weight this week, which is a, a big plus for me. It, it pulls that stress of um, me doing an interview with you right now. I would be thinking about I need to cut 15 pounds out of my body right. by tomorrow morning. Yeah. Right. Yes. And uh, and I'm excited to see how I feel without having to take that out. You yes. know, it's got to do something to your performance. Right. And so, um, you know, I'm fighting uh, Mo. He's probably the smallest guy I've ever fought, you know, but um, in this tournament, I go out there and win. I'm fighting, I'm fighting uh, Matt Mitrione, who I know he's a friend of mine. He's a friend of yours, you know, big and uh, he, he's a big dude. That's why I'm, I'm jumping into the heavyweight tournament. Yes, exactly. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. King, self-professed king. Yeah. Um, and then we have Matt Mitrione. I remember King Mo got in trouble for having an oxygen inhaler in his uh -huh. corner one time, which I just thought was yeah. so funny. It was like, of all the performance-enhancing drugs, he got popped those, taking an oxygen inhaler, <laughs> which they found out later I don't even think works. Um, but I'm glad to hear that you think your performance will be better. Not so sure after appearing on this show. This sucks your soul right out it's of you. So I'm, I'm sorry. It's a louder with crowd. No, you're, you're fine. You're fine. Actually, I think we're a good luck charm. I don't think – I think everyone who has appeared on the show has won their fight afterward. Chael has won. I'll take that. One. Chael won. He beat Vanderlei. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember Jake Shields' next fight. Uh, who's the guy from from uh, from Brooklyn? What am I thinking of? Who from Brooklyn? Yeah, I have no idea who you're talking about. George St. Pierre beat Michael Bisping. So you know what? You're welcome, hey, I'll Ryan. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll take the luck. I, I'll have I'll keep a nice shelf here for the belt. Uh, you now sure. you and King Mo have a history going back into college, right? Yeah, you know we. Uh, I was. Uh, he's older than me. You know, about three or four years old, older than me. Then I was a freshman at Arizona State University. I went out there, and um, you know my my cornermen were Aaron Simpson, who fought in the UFC. Um, another guy named Eric Larkin that is a big, big time national champion wrestler. Sure. They knew who I was facing. I didn't really know. I walked out there and this dude jumped and he literally jumped over my head. And I turn around and look at my cornerman and they're just cracking up laughing, you know. And then I went out there and he proceeded to uh, tech me, which means he beat me by 15 points or more. Basically the worst thing that could happen. In the <laughs> I was saying, uh, it sounds pretty rough. Yeah, it's terrible. And so now, you know, the 16, 18, 17, 18 years later, I'm still competing. He's still competing. And I get to get that back. You know, I get to go out there and uh, redeem myself. And I've done that a few times. I fought Phil, or I wrestled Phil Davis in college. He ended up beating me a close match. And then I ended up beating him in two uh, mixed martial arts fights. So I've, I've, I think this is the ultimate competition. Right. You well, know? I mean, you're, you're a lot bigger than him now. So it's like you're a late bloomer, only you're an angry late bloomer. Um, speak, <laughs> I have a question for you. And I don't want this yeah. to be a sore spot. But obviously, it's in the news everywhere. You fought John Jones. And, and, and yeah. he, he won that encounter. Um, I figured your segue because you lost to King Mo. I figured this was a perfect time to enter with something yeah, else that I'm sure will anger line. you. <laughs> uh, and now they seem to be throwing the book at him. The guy's popped hot now so many times. Do you think that changes his legacy? What's, what's your opinion on that, having fought John Jones? Um, because it's not a one-time offense. I mean, this is yeah. a guy who can't get his act together. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's, he's probably one of the best fighters of all time. Yes. With, uh, you know, physical specimen, his, his talent is off the charts, you know, and... Uh, um, he's never lost a fight. Technically, he got DQ'd one, you know, one fight, but yeah. he's never actually lost a fight. Um, yeah, I do think it's going to tarnish his legacy. He's been—it wasn't a one-time thing. It's been multiple, multiple things. And plus, he's—he's—he's he's, uh, he's been out for a while, and you know that allowed a guy like Cormier to come in and take over that, take over his spot, basically. Yeah. And Cormier is a good guy now, you know, and. Yes. Uh, um, you know, so that definitely tarnished your legacy for, for sure. If there's a, a one, you know, one time mistake, everybody makes mistakes. You talk it up. All right. Hey guys, I'm sorry. But then you come back and, and something else happens. Yeah. Um, it gets to the point where it was, with the latest thing, it's, it's almost like 
you can't be. You well, he can't hit. Be a, let's be clear again, right? Yes, the first act was hitting a pregnant lady while high and then running, uh, and then several tests positive afterward. And these po positive tests came after being a motivational speaker to kids. Like I cleaned up my life, <laughs> but you you pop hot three times from now. Uh, Weed for reparations. You know, you see, yes, yeah. you see, you see this a lot though, Ryan. We're, we're, and we've had fighters in this show talk about it. Where you know the defense too from a lot of these guys. I don't know the Jonas that it says. Well, the majority of, of athletes are on yeah. this, and so it really doesn't affect the legacy. In contrast to people like George St. Pierre, who never tested positive. What, what would you say, what would you say to those people? Is that true? Do you think a majority or plurality of people are using something, or do you think we're at the point where it, it doesn't really matter that even the, the playing field is even? You know, in the, especially in the UFC, that's. I mean, you've seen performance. You've seen bodies change. You know, yes, you yes, you have. In. It's crazy. You have one guy that's totally ripped out weigh-ins. He's an animal. And then, and I've fought these guys too. And then you get in the cage with them um, when USADA came, and it's been a year maybe, and they're not taking their stuff. And maybe it's not really doing anything physically to them, but mentally up here, they're they're not on it anymore. And so, um, you know, for me, I remember one fight in particular. I was I was going out there. The guy, pet, you know, popped before. Um, and, and got caught and whatnot. And I remember going in there and just breaking him. And like, he didn't have any spirit and fight left, you know? And so- This is um, after I, the testing, you mean? Yeah, after the testing started. So in, in this, in UFC, with the USADA testing, I do believe it's cut down uh, tremendously. Yes. You know, but in the, in the early days- I oh, come on. Yeah, look at it. In the early, I mean, listen, I don't want to name names, but Vitor Belfort was fighting at heavyweight. Now he can barely keep, tip the middleweight scale. The guy was walking at 220 with like, like yeah. there were veins in his nipples for crying out loud. So it's, it exactly. really is insane the early days. Now, and uh, there are both different opinions on that. Well, hopefully, listen, we wish you the best with this fight. Appreciate it. Uh, sorry, we just had B roll of you teaching uh, how to stuff a double leg takedown naked. I wish we could have talked about there that you more, but you look good, Ryan. <laughs> So, you know, it. testing or not, that was a, a video that I'm sure we'll get a lot of feedback from the female fans. People can follow you <laughs> at Ryan Bader. And yes, um, where can they tune in to watch this fight? So it's going to be on Paramount Network. It was an old Spike TV. It's uh, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And great card. And then we're going to cap it off, be the main event. And the winner's moving on to fight uh, Dimitrion. And I'm going to, you know, throw my hat in there to be a two-division champion and go out there and uh, win this whole tournament. Well, I, I can't watch if it's between you, Chael, or Mitrione. I just, I'll just sit on the sidelines. I can't. Well, what's funny is Matt and I are friends, too, you know, and he uh, he texts me. He's like, hey, can't wait to punch you in the face in October. That sounds you like know, a healthy so. relationship. Yeah, it's good. We have to go at Ryan Bader. We wish you luck, sir. We'll talk with you uh, again Appreciate soon. Appreciate it, guys. Bye. Yes, sir. Every day, comedians like Steven and Jared here just want to make you smile. And Sven Computer, he just needs to have the electric bills paid. He's a computer for God's sake. These boys need your help. They don't have a big budget, unlike Jimmy Kimmel, who still manages to suck. Do the right thing. Hi. I'm lesbian Sarah McLaughlin. For $99 a year, you can join the Mug Club and keep the lights on and keep the comedy going. Because if you don't, I will euthanize these people. I'll put them down like the animals they are. Don't think I won't. I'm a lesbian. I'm crazy.
Turns out the backstroke only works if you're on top of the water. Mm, I just drowned our sound guy. If you're in the water, you just die. Breaststroke, side stroke, fancy diving to backstroke. No, you just die. You have to be on top of the water. I didn't know this. This is also, a very hard well. stroke is the butterfly stroke. If you've it's not the information it. I thought I learned. I don't know how Phelps does it. But thank you so much to, of course, Elon Musk, Ben Shapiro, Ryan Bader, Blair White. Un we're unbelievable. We're Owen Benjamin. Um, we hope he doesn't euthanize us. No. <laughs> Uh, we have an unbelievable week next week. You know, I was like 23 years old before I realized that when people talked about euthanasia, they weren't just oh. bitching about kids in Nike shoes, sweatshots. I'm, I'm, I'm not going like, to lie about that. I thought that too. I'm like, why, why is everyone just let the kids be kids? I thought let them, that. Let them be. So what if they're Asian? I thought that when I got in college. To be fair, when I got into college, I was 16. 16. Because I was a, a year younger I had than five the way the system you. works. But I got there and I remember I found, it was one of those things where we were having a discussion in humanities class and we were talking about euthanasia. And the wave came over where the context hit me, and I realized there was – I had no idea. Yeah. I had a friend who was, who was doing a report on, on euthanasia. I'm like, that's boring as hell. <laughs> yeah. Like, euthanasia. Eh, it sucks. End <laughs> thesis. End thesis. But I like their pokey sticks. When I have one Chinese friend who has it in his lunchbox. That's pretty cool. I don't know. I, I had a lot of Asian friends. I, well, we were actually, it's funny, at Centennial where I was, the Asians only hung out with Asians almost, and then the, 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 uh, the, the Middle Eastern Muslims almost exclusively hung out with Middle Eastern Muslims, and, uh, but they, all, they hated the Jews, so that was, that was, their, kind of, that was their common bond. But it was, it was funny. Like, is that, was that your crowd? Yes, that was, that was, that was, uh, that was how they, were, they referred to me until they found out that I wasn't Jewish. Um, <laughs> no, I remember that, though. It's, it's very different from here. Even in the United States, you, know, you have neighborhoods where they, they bitch about segregation. But then in places like Montreal, um, where it's not a melting pot, mm -hmm. you may have people all in the same school, but they are completely self-segregated. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was very, very rare to see an Asian, a Chinese girl, or a Korean girl. We didn't have a ton, but we had some Chinese. I don't think we had any Japanese uh, people at our school. We had a lot of Chinese people, and we had uh, quite a few Koreans. I don't think, as a matter of fact, I don't think I can ever remember any of them being with a, a, a guy who was not the, the same Haitians race. How Haitians do? How the Haitians fare? The Haitians? Yeah, French Canadians hate them because they're racist as hell. Yeah, because they speak French. A lot of Haitians came over there. I didn't have them in my school because I was in an English school at that point. Uh, and we had very, very few black That was people. late. I just wanted to point out the racism of Canada. Yeah, the racism of French Canada. Yeah. Didn't you hear? It doesn't exist outside the United States. No. The United States invented is the only racism. country in 20... We invented it. We invented slavery welcome, world. and melanin. You were making a point here during this, right before we came back with the, the, the drowning dance about, uh, you know, earlier we were talking about why do we care what yeah. other countries think. And here's the thing, I'm not saying that that is necessarily the fulcrum as to how we're going to dictate foreign policy. I, 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 I'm not saying, you go, well, why do we care? No, of course you have to take things into consideration. But it is a genuine question. Why do we yeah. care so much? I think, and I think we're learning that lesson right now with the U.S. and the nations in the world as a whole. But I think, uh, you know, a mark of maturity in your own personal life is just Figuring out which opinions matter, which ones do not. Yeah. Which people do you owe something to? Which people do you owe your best to? And which people, they, they don't owe, I don't owe anything to them. Yeah. Not, they don't deserve a part of me. If I, if I can throw them a bone, then I will. Right. Wink, wink, Iran. But <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate, by the way, you said give my best, and you, you pointed to me. Uh, he did was, this. He said he was going to give a part of him That was me. a mistake. Yeah. No, so. <laughs> uh, no, I think it's a good point. Being able to, de to determine who you owe and who you don't. Because that's one thing, too. A lot of you have some people you have the, the, the do what feels good. You don't owe anyone anything. Well, that's not true. And, and by the way, the, the, the Obama thing that you didn't build, that, that, that of course is infuriating. But as individualists, we also, there is no self made man.
there are always other people who've helped him, whether it's a wife, whether it's employees, whether it's a team, of, whether it's someone who encouraged him, whether it's a mentor. I understand that absolutely. And you do owe that person something. If, if only it's respect. Sometimes you owe someone respect. Sometimes you owe them a, a, a debt of gratitude, right? And, and that's part of being an adult mm -hmm. is figuring out who you owe and who you don't. But you don't owe the whole world There's a, a lot favor. of people you don't owe anything. There's a lot of people that you do not owe a Just favor. Just because they're knocking on your door doesn't mean you have to open it. You know, a good example, we owe, we owe everyone watching guy. this, we owe you. We do owe you for, for tuning in. I've, I've always felt as though we owe you. Now, we don't owe you doing exactly what you request every single day. What we do owe you is doing this program to the best of our abilities, absolutely. That's why you see we don't rest on our laurels, and we try to constantly do something new, innovate. That uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross intro was extremely difficult to shoot, and we had to call an audible because we couldn't get an office. We constantly are trying to, like we say, every single performance, re-earn your approval. But this also flies in the face, and this is something, too, I had a lot of questions. Uh, we had Mark Driscoll mm -hmm. on, on the show this week for people who uh, aren't Mug Club members. Mark Driscoll, we had Naomi Wolf, um, some, some, some great guests for people who have not yet joined, and I know if you're in, hitting the notification bell and not receiving them, really the only way at this point is to join Mug Club. If you bookmark this page and you're using Google Chrome, good luck. It's going to be replaced with CNN pretty soon. Um, something else, too, you know, this idea of, of you don't owe the world anything, you don't owe anybody anything. There's this idea too, a lot of people asked, I, I asked a question with Mark Driscoll, how do you balance being authentic? We were talking about this as a Christian. How do you balance being authentic with um, still also trying to be a good witness, still also trying to be a productive example, right? Because you have some people who are pious, they just act like they've never done anything wrong. Yeah. And that doesn't help anybody at all. I always felt ostracized from the church as a kid mm -hmm. uh, because of people like that. Because they'd hear me and they'd say, well, he said a bad word. I'd be like, y yeah, but... You forced your girlfriend to have an abortion. The pastor just doesn't know about it. <laughs> You're far worse than me saying the S word. And I just happened to be in youth group. I always had this sense of kind of justice. So I would get really mad at that. People who try to hide all of their, their mistakes, their misdeeds. But then you have this message now that everyone should just take pride in it. Yeah. Because you don't owe anyone anything. And how do you balance that? You know, I, I think it was, I can't remember who it was. I don't know if it was Pink. I don't know if it was uh, Rihanna. It was some female pop star who's saying, I don't care. I don't know the world anything. You know, you're beautiful. Show the world who you are. That was, scars all, that was all of them. Yes, it was, it was all of them. Show who you are. Scars and all. And I think this is a good way to look at it because I've struggled with this and I've tried to be honest with you guys about a lot of my shortcomings and the issues that I struggle with. You know, I've talked about uh, some of my problems, my personal problems sometimes. Sometimes I've talked about health problems and how I've gotten through them. Health mistakes that I've made. Uh, mental health issues. Dealing with anger. So a scar is a good example. Just show the world your scar and be proud of it. Well, hold on a second. Okay, let's go with that. What is a scar? A scar is tissue that's healed. It was a wound and it's healed. So you're not going forward and telling people you don't need, it's not authentic to be proud of it before it's a scar. It's taking pride in how you healed that scar. Oh, you know what? I was, I was incredibly overweight. I was unhealthy. I was on the trail to diabetes. But look, that tissue scarred over. I got my health in control. I was depressed. I was bipolar. I thought I had issues uh, ment mentally, so I, I went and I, I sought help, and I, I surrounded myself with better people. I started making better decisions, and look, that's a scar. That healed. So let me show, look at this scar. You can heal it too. There's, that's very different from just saying, hey, listen, I'm fat, and I'm a turnip, and I'm proud. That's not a scar. That's bleeding all over the carpet. That's an open wound. There's a big difference between... We know, we know all those people who just, like, you look at them, you're like, are, are you ever planning on getting your life together? Right. Are you ever... Don't judge. <laughs> Don't judge. I'm, I'm authentic. No, 
You're just a mess. You're just a life suck. Yes. And you're bleeding like a ran. You're just, you're bleeding all over the carpet. I don't <laughs> want you. That's very different from a scar. And so if you're looking at this, and, and that's one thing we try to do with this show. Listen, I'm a Christian. I'm not a good, I'm not a perfect example. I talk about that all the time. I try to be open about my faith. If you want to talk about it, great, we can talk about it. I try not to proselytize. There are enough podcasts out there that do that, and they're not open about their faults. But I'm never going to take pride in sin or bad behavior or a wound. That is, I think, the delineation that people need to be able to make. Using what you've overcome to help other people overcome it. Or a lot of people say they have to learn the hard way. Not everyone has to learn the hard way. I don't want people to learn the hard way. That's why you show them your scars. This, I have a small scar here. You know what that was? That was chicken pox. I, I was told not to itch it, I itched it. So do you know what I, 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 I tell uh, my, my nephew and niece? Don't itch your chicken pox, right? That's what I tell them. I, I had, I had this, this scar here. That's an app. Uh, what is it? My left or my right? I don't know. The surgeon did such a good job. I can't even see it. It's an appendectomy. I ate like crap. I ate nothing but Pop-Tarts. So I tell people, don't do that. You might not, you might not need an appendectomy. Do you have any scars? Any significant scars? I have some significant scars. Yeah, let me see. surgeries. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, there's nothing really you could do about that. No. Here's a, here's a, here's a scar. This was from punching through drywall. Okay. Warning. Okay. Scarred, healed over. When you, when you, if, if it, I dealt with, with anger issues. What hurts is when you pull back, drywall is sharp. I have a scar right here from running into my own center playing flag football. I tell people now all the time, every day, don't do that. There you go. How do you heal it? Yep. Don't be a stupid person. Don't be a stupid person. Get your anger issues in control and don't punch drywall. It hurts. I'm not going to go, hey, look, look at me. I'm proud that I, I made a stupid mistake and punched through drywall because I didn't control my temper and now I'm bleeding. Look at this. You need to accept me. And they go, oh, hold on a you're, ble you're, you're, you're bleeding right here all over my fresh towels. Oh, what? You're judging? Yes. And it's okay to judge. It's okay to make judgments, and it's okay to have scars. But you shouldn't take pride in being a walking, festering open wound. And that's what I was getting at with uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll. And we had a lot of questions from people saying, you know, listen, man, I, I, I find struggle with that balance in life. I, I find struggle with being open about my mistakes, but also wanting to set a good example for people, or also not wanting to fall back into those mistakes. There is nothing wrong with a scar. I think absolutely you should show the world your scars. But that also, by the way, it's redundant. The same pop star, I don't remember who it is, said, look, I am perfect the way I am, scars and all. No, that's redundant. You have scars, which means you're not perfect. You're not helping anyone by saying, look at my scars, I'm perfect. Be honest about the fact that they are imperfections or you are lying to yourself and you are lying to the people you could potentially help. Stop with this stupid analogy of the scar. Scars heal. Heal your wounds, then you have something to be proud about. Otherwise, guess what? The rest of the world, even if they say they're not in these message boards or support groups, they're going to be judging you. And they have every right to judge you because you're a walking open wound who hasn't gotten your crap together. Scar's great. Wounds, not so much. Next week, by the way, um, I, I think it's going to be a good show. It could also be, the, the entire week could be one big pustule of an open wound. You never know. It's the roll of the dice. See you then. It only takes